0: No voicemail. Everyone deserves a victory. The Victory Bank. We exist to help our clients fulfill their visions and dreams. Member FDIC. Hey there, Chamber members. Your ad can go right here. Right here in this nice little spot before our featured guest. It's a time in the podcast where listenership is traditionally the highest, allowing you to reach the broadest audience you can. Plus, you'll reach well beyond our Chamber membership as businesses share episodes with their audience. If you're interested in advertising with Chamber Chat, you can contact the Chamber office via phone or email. The contact information is in the episode notes. Be a part of this new and exciting podcast initiative from the Tri-County Area Chamber of Commerce, helping businesses since 1927. Hi, everybody. Welcome into the interview portion of the Tri-County Area Chamber Chat. Again, my name is Bill. I'm from the Victory Bank, and I'm here with uh, my neighbor, essentially, right? <laughs> That's, right. That's <laughs> yeah. right. We are neighbors. I, I am here with Therese Brittingham. Therese, welcome to the podcast. Thanks
1: for having me. This is really great. I want to thank you, first of all, Victory Bank, for sponsoring such a great asset to the Chamber and the Chamber for coming up with these really cool ideas. It's been I'm loving my membership. It's been pretty awesome.
0: Oh, cool. Well, we appreciate it, too. And I know you've hosted a number of events, and and you and your folks are very active in the chamber. So we thank you, in turn, for that. Oh, thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. (laughs) You're welcome. Yeah, so we are neighbors. So for those who don't know, Therese does have her uh, Keller Williams building in Limerick. And uh, we have some of our back office operations. You guys have your operations in there, too. So uh, it's always good to have a neighbor on.
1: It is. It is. It's a great relationship, so you can't ask for anything better.
0: Yeah. So I already gave away where you work and what you do. (laughs) It's for Keller Williams, but tell me a little bit, again, about uh, what you do.
1: So uh, I'm a real estate broker. I own the Keller Williams office in Limerick. We have an office in Quakertown and Audubon as well. Uh, We have about 260 agents that work under my broker license, Um, and I also list and sell still. Um, I do more listing than selling. Uh, but I have a really great team that works together in the office that does a lot of production, so it's been really great. Uh, which allows me to manage and market the the market center. Um, I have a wonderful staff that takes care of the ins and outs of the day to day, which is something I learned I wasn't the best at. I'm a really good salesperson though.
0: <laughs> right? Like you know you know your strengths and weaknesses. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. You have
1: to learn these things as you're growing a business.
0: Yeah. So full disclosure. again, you find out things about your neighbor. You know, even though they live right next door, had no idea you had two another two other offices.
1: Oh, really? Had
0: no idea. Oh
1: well, we're not doing a good job marketing I think that then. No, are no, we? no. That's not. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't criticized. I wasn't no was, no no we need to do a better job yeah I wasn't criticized yeah. I
0: just know I thought Keller Williams was your operation and it, yes. it, I already saw it as this this huge entity um, but I had no idea that you had two other offices. Yeah. so it's
1: we we needed to do that um a couple of our bigger producers needed their footprint and they needed a place to grow and spread their wings too and it's a marketplace that I'm not an expert in, so they are. So it kind of just expands our horizons, it gives our agents a better opportunity to list and sell, really in our entire marketplace. So yeah. it just opens us up to new avenues. So so, really so, here
0: we are, three offices, how many agents? You said?
1: 260 plus.
0: 260 plus yes. agents, yes. okay. Let's do a rewind. Okay. All right, and tell me tell me where it all began. So first of all, did you grow up around this area? Are you from here?
1: Yes, I'm from, the. I originally am from the Norristown area. I was born in Hawaii. My parents moved to, back here to Conchahawk and then Norristown for some reason that I still haven't forgiven them for. <laughs> Hawaii <laughs> right. is such a great place. Yeah. How um, long did you live in Hawaii? Uh, we lived in Hawaii for, th- for three years. I was a baby. My dad was okay. in the Army, so I was born at the Tripler Army Hospital there. Okay. And uh, So I don't remember much, but there's some really great photos. Sure. Uh, but my mom um, opened one of the first women-owned um, real estate brokerages many, many moons ago. and I was going to college at the time, and I was getting my degree in physical therapy. And I decided that wasn't for me. I worked in the field for a little while. Um, I found that I'm definitely someone who needs to be her own boss. Um, I just have my ideas and my ways of doing things, and it's hard. It was just it was a, not a good fit for me. I love the people, though. And mm-hmm. that's kind of where my business started because of the background with my mother, uh, dealing with the patients every day. Somehow conversations always led around to real estate. It was kind of like part of my life. And uh, we were getting really busy and I was giving my mom lots of referrals. So she said, you know what, why don't you get your license and just see if you like it, uh, but don't do it full time. It's a tough business. You know, you really should focus on what you're doing, uh, but this is really nice other income and it could help me out a lot. So I did and I did my first sale and I quit the next day. It was just really? such, oh, such so exhilarating. And it was a challenge and it was a puzzle and it was fun and it was, made my mind think, I, just in different ways. I loved it. Mm-hmm. So jumped into that full time, uh, became the top agent in their office uh, the first year I was in the business. Closed, I think, 35 houses for a rookie, which was pretty good. Um, and then the next year I was the top agent in our entire region for ERA. And then we went from there, I ended up with my business partner, Tom McCouch, who you know as well. Mm-hmm. And we took that to becoming the top agent team in the country for our previous franchise. That's when we decided it was time for us to really start looking at what's next. You know, we're very goal-oriented. Obviously, that's how we did what we did. And we thought, what's next? What do we want to do that's going to expand our horizons? And we made the scary decision going out on our own. And interviewing with all the national franchises and we picked Keller Williams Mm -hmm. Keller Williams to me was the closest match to what I was used to very family oriented even though we're large we're really small it's an interesting thing that goes on in our office everybody knows everyone everybody cares and gives and we know each other and that's what I needed I needed somewhere where I could pour into people and they would pour right back. And I feel like that's what we have.
0: Yeah, so so it's interesting. I wanna go back to the scary moment when you wanted to branch out and do other things. And for those of you who are listening, we are recording again live here in the chamber <laughs> office. There's no other place we'd rather be right now. So you probably hear some train in the background. <laughs> but I think a lot of business owners, they, they get to points where there's decisions that are gonna be scary for them. So what was your thought process through that? Can you take me back to that point in time and? Can it kind of walk me through a little bit?
1: It's, you know, I am one to take risks. So I am a risk taker by nature. So that is really helpful. Uh, My business partner, Tom, isn't. So we make a really good team because, you know, you can't let me just go off and go crazy. So when I brought up the idea, he laid out all the pluses and minuses and we sat down and we looked at it. Uh, We read the book Failing Forward because I felt like we were failing. I felt like we were failing ourselves, our talent by staying where we were. Uh, it brought us to where we got to, which was great, and mm-hmm. I'm very grateful for that. But stepping out on your own is, is really scary. And, you know, now I'm the boss. Now we're responsible for all the expenses, the building. It's, it's more than you can even fathom. We've made so many mistakes, you know, even just going back to our first copy release, Because you don't think of these little business decisions that can actually cost you a lot of money sure. if you're not being very careful. And then spaces and figuring out where to go, and then people, managing people was something that I had to do a lot of training to get better at. I'm really good at people and relationship building. It's why I'm successful in the business I'm in. But it was interesting trying to build relationships with people that I could lead. Hmm. and it's a whole different ballgame because now I'm not the one that I'm, I'm in charge, but I'm not the leader of the pack now. I have Colleen Whalen, who is our team leader, and she is phenomenal. But I had to make a few hires to get there, right? you know, and it's, that, that's part of the failing forward, right? You start to figure out what it is you need. Where did you go, go wrong? What step did I miss? I'm a very high eye for those of you that are familiar with the um, disc, mm-hmm. and that's good and bad with an eye you fall in love with everyone. Mm -hmm. And you know, you shortchange the process of interviewing. And that's what I did a couple times is I got to a point where I was like, this person's awesome and I would hire them and find out later some of the things I should have found out during the interview process and I've had some great people don't get me wrong they're all phenomenal it's just it's a very demanding position to sure. manage over 200 real estate agents mm-hmm. they're all independent contractors there's different rules you know, you can't require certain things you have to have people want to come and it's it's hard to get a leader who can just just make people want to follow them yeah you know? yeah so that was that was probably some of the things that we learned along the way space i think we did okay with our space you know we we ended up purchasing a building with gambone so we own our building 50 50 with them and that's served us well Mm -hmm. that served us really well and now we're sitting back and you know you get to a point i had a conversation with a mentor of mine and what i found out was that i have stopped setting my future goals Mm -hmm. it's a terrible place to be and i was sitting back and i was feeling not fulfilled and it was driving me nuts and i couldn't figure out what it was and it took this mentor to say you know well when's the last time you revised your goals? Mm-hmm. You know, and we'd, we'd look back at them and there wasn't anything new there. Everything was there, was accomplished. So that's, I got stuck and stagnant and then I started to just accept stagnant mm-hmm. and that's not a good place to be either. So I'm excited and rejuvenated. I finally uh, have a new plan in place and we're working on our future goals and what it is that's next for Keller Williams Realty Group, mm-hmm. Therese Brittingham, Thomas Couch, my family, mm-hmm. uh, my daughter's getting ready to graduate college. So there's a lot of things to to think about. But yeah. I feel like a new, fresh person.
0: Yeah, but but I think you know the fact that maybe you weren't you know quote paying attention to it. You know, you're 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 continuing. You're so busy building your business. Yeah. Right. There's so much that is in the day to day details of that that it's difficult to see the future sometimes, right?
1: It is. I mean, especially this business, it's ever-changing. There's so much going on in our business now with the discount brokerages and all these other things that come into play um, and you have to stay on top of your game and offer something more. Mm -hmm. You know, as long as you're staying ahead of that, there's nothing that can replace customer service. There's nothing that can replace the education and the knowledge that we have and our agents have. So we have that to hang our hat on, which is really great. So Taking those punches and running with them, and kind of, you know, dipping and moving and swaying, and I'm moving. You can't see me, like you're supposed to know that. (laughs) Um, Well, we're going
0: to start. We're going to start recording these podcasts. Oh, be entertaining! I gotta tell you.
1: Um, But it's 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 just been an interesting, you know, time in in our business technology. You know, I feel like I grew up in a, in a period of time where we've gone through a lot of technology changes. I mean, we started out with a fax machine mm-hmm. and a book of MLSs, and now everything's on the computer, and we're learning all those systems. But what's coming now is just so advanced and it's it's scary.
0: Well, you have the virtual tours now, right? Yeah, and like that, that
1: stuff's kind of easy. It's the artificial intelligence that's coming mm. and understanding how it works and how can it benefit you and how do you protect your data. Mm. I mean, nobody's really thought about that all these years. And we've kind of sold the farm, you know, without knowing what we were doing yeah. by letting other people have access to our data that were vendors uh, that now um, Zillow is a great example. I mean, look at Zillow. They that, That's all our data. Mm -hmm. That we gave them away and now they're using it to sell our leads back to us. Um, And it's getting agents to understand that they can do their business without companies like that. Mm -hmm. You know that's just a it's a bad way to run your business where you are the captive of someone else. Mm -hmm. So we've pulled back on all of that. We're building our own uh, data collection services at Keller Williams. We have Gary Keller, who is a visionary and a leader in the industry. We're going to come out very strong, and we're going to come out against Zillow and Redfin and all of these companies that are claiming to be these very um, powerful artificial intelligent companies. But we're finding a lot of them aren't. They're just gathering data. They're more like a Siri. Yeah, you know, just we're a, not,
0: just an aggregator. Yeah, we're not looking to be a
1: Siri. We're looking to learn you. Mm-hmm. We're going to learn your your habits, your styles, what is it that you like? You know, how do you drive to work every day? Can we help you find properties that match your needs better just by that information? So, to me, it's been I'm learning it as you can tell. I'm learning a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but I have so much more to go and I'm trying to surround myself with some really intelligent millennial minds Mm -hmm. that think like I don't because I as I said earlier, I grew up in this time frame where I feel like I kinda missed it. You know, it's it started to change as I was in college and then as I was going through the beginning of my career, I didn't need it that much and then as things started to change I didn't keep up with them so I just kind of did what I always did and you wake up one day and it's like oh it's not like that anymore I I gotta catch up here yeah relationships are great I mean
0: can I I go back to uh, the mentoring uh, part of it and you don't have to say the individual's name or you feel free to share whichever but um, I'm curious as to because we want to build some information in for our audience, right? We want our audience to experience and be able to get some talking points for themselves and maybe okay. some action plans. So I think the mentoring thing is something that a lot of people miss on, um, or creating their own, you know, quote board of directors, mm-hmm. sure. where they have three, four, five, six people that they can present to on a on an annual basis. They kind of run their business plan by them, talk about the financials, talk about marketing. Just talk about all aspects of the business because as a business owner, you're so involved with what you're doing in the day-to-day, you may not see the big big picture. So back to my original question about the the mentor. Did you seek them out or did they seek you out? How did did that relationship...
1: I've had uh, business coaches my whole life. I mean, as soon as I stepped into the business, I started with a, a business coach. And my mom was an excellent real estate agent, and she still is. Um, so I learned a lot from her. So I kind of grew up around it, which was nice. But being able to go to her as my mentor was great. And then through the years, I picked up new mentors. As I grew in the business, I needed to find and expand the knowledge of the person I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I've been working with John Maxwell uh, in his groups, which is really great. Um, he's a wonderful mentor, and there's some actual local mentors here that are certified by John, and I know one of them is a chamber member, so we can get her information out to everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have two coaches at KW. So I have a, a business coach and a personal coach, um, and I have a personal trainer. So I, right. I really found that with my schedule and time, I can waste a day on stuff, mm-hmm. and I need people to keep me focused on what it is I should be doing. My big rocks, you know, stay focused on the big rocks. Let all the other stuff fill in afterwards, and that's something I learned, you know, from one of my mentors as well. But every day, they just—they're just challenging me, yeah. you know, with something new. Just getting back on track with my goals. I mean, mm-hmm. that was a big deal, and I think I learned really well. Uh, in my mentoring and coaching how to outsmart my coach, <laughs> which is never a good thing, let right. me tell you, because you're paying money, you're outsmarting the person. Uh, and I don't mean outsmarting them because I'm smarter. I mean just faking out that I was doing the things I said I was doing and I wasn't. Hmm. Uh, and it took a really strong coach to get me back in line. And it was a MAPS coach from Kella Williams, and uh, they just called out my nonsense and said, no, no, okay. no, we're done, let's get back and get real here. Yeah. And it was so funny, I was putting more effort into trying not to do what I had to do, right. then, if then you, I just did it. Then right. if you did so,
0: it, it would have been fine. But yeah. I,
1: I think I had to learn that. I think I had to you know, hurt myself through that process and yeah. figure it out, and uh, I did, and now I'm very focused yeah. on what it is we need to accomplish. And
0: I appreciate you going into a little bit of detail there. We could probably talk about mentorship and leadership and coaching and performance coaching, whatever you want to call it. I mean, it's, it's, it's all of the above. We could probably talk about that for hours.
1: Uh, mentorship to me is... There's nothing that makes you prouder than having someone come to you for mentorship
0: mm-hmm. and
1: watching them grow. And yeah. uh, we have some good teams in the office that have grown from our team. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a proud mama moment when you can help someone. And it takes a special, it's, it's not, you don't take ownership of it. Mm-hmm. You just watch it. And it just feels good. So I, I love mentoring. I love mentoring new people into the business, mm-hmm. so um, we're always looking for new talent coming in. What's I
0: was going to say, if you wouldn't mind just taking a few moments and kind of like, what kind of skill set does a real estate agent need to work for you or with you?
1: So basically, um, you have to have some kind of relationship skill. I mean, that's, that's really, really important. Uh, But other than that, we find that we can mold just about anybody that comes in and just listens and does the activities that need to be done and follows through. Because that's really the biggest part of this business is a lot of people are in it that aren't doing the activities, and that's why their production is not real great. But when you come in and you do the proper activities, it's a numbers game. It works. So you just have to be committed to doing the work that it takes to get it done so it's
0: it's no different than any other sales position right you know you have you 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 have ebbs and flows yes there's gonna be times where things are really really going well and there's times where things aren't right but all along you're you're again to use the visualization like you use the rocks you know you're you're planting those seeds Mm -hmm. along the way right it's no different than a farmer he plants them and does every seed that he plant pop up no no There's ones that he's going to miss, and uh, some are going to grow bigger than others, but that's perfectly fine. And uh, Yeah, so it's all about cultivating and and doing all that, yeah.
1: I think the other thing that people don't realize when they decide they want to make a venture into this business, that it is a business. You know, um, a lot of people come in and they just kind of dabble in it and they don't take it seriously. They don't have the investment that it takes. I mean, I don't think anybody should get into the business unless they have at least $5,000 put aside. Your first two years are going to be tough. You're going to mm-hmm. spend a lot of money on board memberships and trends and all the different tools that you need. Plus, you need to train a lot. Right. Um, so you have to have the wherewithal to do that. And business will happen along the way. But I like to make sure everybody's set up so that at least they have that mm-hmm. as they're back just safety net, just in case, uh, because as you said, there are hills and valleys, and we do find though that those hills and valleys do kind of get smaller and smaller when you stay consistent with your lead generation. Mm-hmm. That's that's the key to any successful real estate agent. That they're, they're consistent with their lead generation and they have wonderful customer service. Yeah. So so
0: so, yeah. so what do you say? So the real estate market is is can be quite volatile, right? There's times where there's a lot of inventory and. You know, have a hard time getting rid of it. And there's other times where there's not as much inventory and there's a, there's a high demand. So as, a, as an agent and then as, a, as an owner, how do, you, how do you manage all that? Like how do you manage the uncertainty of what the market's gonna do?
1: Yeah, I think you have to be um, really proactive and you have to look ahead. You have to know what's coming. Now we can't, we don't have a crystal ball. Yeah, mine's on you,
0: order, it just hasn't come in, in yet. I, God,
1: I want one too. <laughs> um, but if you look back over history, you know you can figure out what's coming I mean it's we're overdue for a correction it just isn't here I mean the last one was back in 2007 mm-hmm. I mean think about that it's 2019 and that there's never been one that lasted more than 10 years so we're overdue and in borrowed time I think for a small adjustment nothing major not gonna be like the last time but you have to be thinking that there's one coming so if you can always be in that thought process of looking ahead a little bit you can adjust your business so right now we're in a, a seller inventory lag. We need more sellers. We have buyers that want to purchase. So there's this huge demand and there's zero supply. So everything that we did about a year ago was focused back on listings. Do the agents know how to price a home properly? Can they go out and can they get the listing against competition? Once they get it, do they know what to do with it? Are they putting a sign out and hoping it sells, or are they actually marketing the property? We have a very high expectation of the marketing that our agents do, and they don't sit back on their laws. They work very, very hard um, to keep that process going, and then we worry about, you know, can they negotiate multiple offers because it's something we're seeing every single day now that's not a norm in our business.
0: And it's stuff that's coming in above ask. Oh, yeah, and then then you have
1: to manage the appraisal process and hope that you can come up with really great comps that are going to justify the appraisal appraiser because he has to protect the bank's money Mm -hmm. so it's like this big circle um and then when the market starts to shift a little bit and we come to more sellers coming on the market and the buyers are starting to wane away you know what's what's it look like then well now it looks like let's start training for buyers buyer seminars working with the buyers are they getting pre-qualified showing renters how much they're paying right now Mm -hmm. i mean there are people paying just in limerick uh what they could mortgage at a $400,000 house.
0: Yeah, easily. Yeah. And
1: they don't know it because I they think they're still stuck back in that 2007, eight, nine where they got killed mm-hmm. in the market um, and their mortgages and all these things that happened to them that their, their thought process is they can't buy.
0: And is it also too, is there been this lifestyle shift where they're going towards that housing that is kind of like an all-in-one where you have the fitness center, you have the common area?
1: Yes. Right? Yes. Um, there is some of that. And I thought it was going to be more than what we're seeing. We still see the luxury end of the marketplace and that four to $700 range uh, moving very briskly. So that's been really great, which tells you maybe it's a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you look at the uh, look at King of Prussia with all of those rental units. They're full. They're full and they're that's paying crazy. over $3,000 a month. Some that's of them are paying way more than that. And you look at it and you're like, okay, it's a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It really is. I mean, you have the restaurants. You have everything right there. Um, but there's lifestyle kind of like that more in our area where they could come and they could own, you know, own a townhouse, own a carriage home, own something that's in a community that has all the same accessibility to restaurants and and those types of things. So yeah, um, yeah I think I think the millennials especially like that just turn the key and I'm home, yep. you know type thing. And that's phenomenal. I do believe though, as they start to get older and have children, that's going to change, and it's going to create a new demand. Sure. Yeah.
0: Sure. Yeah. See, that's all. The, that's the looking forward part yeah. of it. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, <laughs> so I know
0: you're. I know you're very well accomplished. Um, so I want to talk about some of the things that you've accomplished over time. Can you share some of those with me?
1: Well, sure. I mean, we uh, came into the business in 2002 with Keller Williams into this marketplace, and we opened our, our office, and we grew very rapidly. We became our um, the market leader amongst all of our competition um, and we've never looked back so we've stayed at the lead of this forever uh, what's been really nice is uh, we are outpacing our competitors about 50 percent wow uh, that's a lot and it's it's a story we don't tell often and we have found and that's one of the things our, our mentors have been talking to us about and our business coaches is you, you you can be humble but you need to go out and tell your story and we've always been Holding back because we don't want to be that braggart, you know um, and talk about that kind of thing. However, you sit back and you wonder there is a fine line on how you can go out and talk it in this position here, just talking on a podcast about the success that Keller Williams has. Consumers would be crazy not to talk to a Keller Williams agent. They Mm -hmm. can interview with everybody else, too, but if they're not having a Keller Williams agent in, they're missing the opportunity to see what we have to offer, and I can tell you we have more to offer. Mm -hmm. So it just makes it really great. And then nationally, Keller Williams, I'm really proud to be part of this company, I gotta tell you. Um, We were voted the number one workplace for culture by Indeed. Uh, We were voted by Forbes, one of the best places for women to work. Uh, Real Trends 500, our organization made up 34%. That's the top 500 organizations in real estate across the country, and we represented 34%, 34% uh, wow. of the list. I mean, that's, that's quite, Those quite are, a number. Yeah, quite. Uh, pretty, pretty good. Uh, giving back to the community. I mean, some of the things that we do that we're really proud of is we have Red Day every year. It's a nationwide Keller Williams Day off, and every agent goes out into their community in organized fashion, and we give back to parks, to organizations that are in need. We've done some really fun uh, from projects in the area. Uh, we've worked with Operation Backpack quite a bit, uh, the food pantries, because they're always in need. Uh, there's always a need there um there's alex's lemonade stand uh, foundation is another one of our big um pro- it's huge we we really work with them quite a bit and there's a whole backstory as to why we're we're part of alex's lemonade stand with the horse that we own to fleet alex um who basically um is credited from the lemonade stand as taking the the charity from a local charity to a nationwide charity and that's something that you can be proud of and it's all because of a horse, you know yeah. which is so cool. yeah it's really really so neat much to excitement say. around yeah. those
0: races yeah it,
1: I know except this year, but we don't want to talk about that. Yeah, that's all right yeah. um, <laughs> And then uh, Operation Backpack was one of my favorites. Uh, you know, I don't know if many people know about what that organization is so all about. So we,
0: we believe it or not, we've actually mentioned it on several podcasts already. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what a great organization oh they gosh. are. But continue your story about...
1: Well, I think, what, I think how the agents, um, they get so behind it is because it's relatable. You know, we get to go home every night and we have food on the table for our kids. And there are kids that don't have food. You know, they just, they don't. And I love the way that the backpack does this is they do it very um, secretive. So the kids aren't being let out that they can't afford. You know, they come in, they get their backpack, it's in an office, they return their backpack. No one needs to know that they're on this program Mm -hmm. because there's a pride thing, too. You know, you've got to be careful of these kids. And I think they've taken everything into consideration when it comes to that. But I also believe that people don't realize that once school's over, there's still a need it's actually more of a need because now they're not getting breakfast right at school. So, it's an organization that you can wrap your hands around if there's anybody out there looking to do something, I would definitely recommend helping them out because they're these are our, these are our future generation. Yeah. You know, we need to make sure that they're being fed, their brains are growing the way they should be growing. So You're absolutely right.
0: Some of these uh, children, they don't come from the best um, you know, home life. And if we can provide at least a little bit of that stability, yeah. um, it's, that's important for our community. And it's it's so amazing to me just to even think about the need that is in our community and you know, right here in Pottstown.
1: Yeah, and I think that's why, I, I, I do believe we're successful because of our community outreach. Uh, we believe that you give back to the people that are taking care of you. Our business would have never grown to where it is without the support of the community. So it's only right that we give back to them. So if every organization did that, just think. Yeah. how awesome the world would be.
0: It would be. Even if somebody just found a little bit of time or could make a small donation, it really does, um, it really would make a difference. So what are, the, what are the next steps for Keller Williams, if you can talk about it without uh, <laughs> divulging the entire business plan?
1: Well, we have a lot of things in the works. So there's gonna be some exciting announcements coming shortly um, that I can't discuss and talk about. Uh, but as far as where we are today and where we're going that won't affect our community in any way is um, we're growing. We're looking to hire the best of the best. We have acquired many great mega agents from our competitors locally. Um, and every one of them adds something new to the organization because they're bringing something new with them. Um, so we're ever changing, which is fun. I, we just need to hire talent. I mean, for me, for my business to grow, for Keller Williams to become very successful and stay where we are and grow past that is all about the people that we hire. Mm-hmm. So getting out there and looking for those. Um, I find school teachers and nurses that are retired and coming out looking for something are so successful at this business because they're relatable to people. Uh, they know how to deal with people, read people, and care for people.
0: And that's what I was going to ask you. I said, you know, besides other real estate agents, what are who are those individuals who are good matches? So yeah. you're saying the medical field and teachers?
1: police officers uh, we have our regional director is a retired state police officer uh, and a couple of our higher end leadership positions in Keller Williams happen to be retired uh, military or police and uh it's just, it's really great. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. It's like, really, and it's fun to work with them. And, you know, you can't help but appreciate everything they do for us every day. And now sure. they, they come into this career that can reward them back for the relationships they made. It's just a really, it's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah.
0: Nice. Yeah. Nice. So what else do you want to tell the audience about uh, Keller Williams before we wrap up here?
1: Uh, you know what? That I, I love it. I'm never leaving it. It's something that's in my blood now. I'm, it's one choice that I made that I know was the right choice years and years ago to pick this company and this franchise, because the thing that makes us different is we are all about the agents. You know, a lot of companies are all about the brand. We're not. It's about each individual agent. How can we make them more successful in the business? We're second. The agents are first. The staff knows that when they walk in the door, they're their customer. You know, they better treat them like a customer, Mm -hmm. because agents have a choice to pick up and go anywhere they want. And I know it seems like it's a scary thing, but it's not. It's very easy because you're bringing your sphere of influence with you to a company that suits you.
0: I, I've, I've seen that quite a bit. I've seen you know, all of a sudden people are changing company that they work for. And it's, sometimes it's several changes over a course of a few short years.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of times people, um, when they go start looking on this journey to make a change, they don't check everything. It's almost the same thing with sellers. If you're going to think about getting your license or moving your license, you would be silly not to at least include Keller Williams in that search. Mm-hmm. That's, that's part, of, part of the process. And go visit everyone because there is a cultural fit for you, no matter where you go. It's just even with our Keller Williams franchises, mm-hmm. we have neighbors, you know, uh, Bluebell, um, who has a totally different feel than we have. You know, you walk in the door, you're going to know which one's right for you. And that's the important thing for me is I don't want people to come in and then realize we're not a cultural fit. I want them to come in and feel the culture from day one and understand that, wow, that place is special. That's why I want to be there.
0: Yeah, it makes total sense. And I think all all of what you're doing, again, you say, you know, heavy agent uh, attention to the agent piece and the agents just flow it right down to the customer and they do it just flows it flows right down because i've known a, num- a number of folks who have had great experiences with keller williams good. um out of your office so awesome look at you got a big smile uh, i love it yeah. yeah
1: it makes me proud Yep, isn't that great <laughs> yeah, yeah it is yeah, so. it is and they're trained very well to do that so it's nice it's to see that it's coming out on the other side and back that's yeah, good
0: yeah yeah Good. Uh, anything else you'd like to share before we go, then?
1: Oh my gosh, I could talk to you for two or three hours. Well, let's but, go. Uh, let's go. We have a few more minutes. Let's
0: do it. Let's but, do it. Uh,
1: you know, I just, I just can't tell you how much I love this industry. It's, it's given me so much. You know, it, and the people in the organization you look at and you watch how real estate can just change the trajectory of their life. You know, where they were just on this, this even plane and happy, and had no idea what else was out there for them and their family. I always look at at this business as a stepping stone for me to make more money to give back more. And I think that at the end of the day, it's all about that, isn't it? You go out there and if you become successful and do very well, we're obligated to give back. So the more successful you can become, the more you can give back. Um, And that's something that we do even with our agents. So I didn't talk about profit share. Uh, But every month we close our books at the end of the month and our agents get 50% of our profit. So we're not like other brokerages where they keep the profit. We give 50% of it back. Plus we allow our agents to cap. So we have agents in our office that are making over 100%. They're not just making wow. all the commission. They're making the commission plus plus. So that's that's kind of successful when that happens. And uh, it's really it's it's fun to watch that's when people cool. realize they have more money to put away and they can save for their future and they sure. can give back more. And well, it all
0: it all goes back to that decision, right? So just like you made a decision to expand your office and. It was a scary one. I'm sure they're concerned about making the decision to get into it because it is it is unknown. And it's and it's driven on their ability to create leads and tap their network and ultimately make sales. Yes. Absolutely. So to be able to have that give back in a monetary sense, you know, and, and that's how that success goes, then, yeah.
1: It makes brilliant really yeah, sense. Yeah, it makes it all work. Yeah. And I was just looking at this one chart I was talking about earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The one thing I think that's interesting about this, and you can't see it, uh, it just shows all of our competitors locally, so every single one that's right here in our marketplace. And we we closed 1327 um, transactions last year, and our closest competitor closed 577. But when you look at the other side of the chart, this is the part that's really important for sellers to hear, is that we outpace them even more on dollar volume. Mm. So that means that we're selling our sellers' listings for more money. That alone, to me, is a slam dunk mm-hmm. in a presentation because we're helping our sellers realize more dollars sure. um, in the time frame that they're looking for, and that comes back to the training. Mm-hmm. And we have 30 training events in the office every single month. Well,
0: that's one of those things. If I'm a seller, you know, I think my home is the best home on the block, every and it should does. be top dollar. That's right. Um, but reality of the market is it not, not necessarily so. But what you're doing is you're working with. The market conditions, you're trying to balance that relationship between the seller and the buyer and you're getting top dollar as much as you possibly can for that property.
1: Yeah, and and the other thing is we are very honest with our clients you know, if we have that seller, because everybody does think that their house is a palace, you know, it's the best one in the neighborhood. And sometimes it really is, you know, it's just a matter of going out there and knowing the inventory. So teaching the agents to know the inventory on a daily basis is very important because they need to be able to go in there and think on their feet because the CMA might say one thing, but then they get in there and the house is a different thing. So, how can you think on your feet and figure out what is the value there? Um, or what are the takeaways? You know, if it doesn't have some of the things that you thought it had, how do you handle that with the consumer? Mm-hmm. Because you have to do that in a very delicate way because you don't want to insult someone. But you also don't want to overprice a listing. It's the kiss of death, especially in this marketplace. If you're on the market for more than so many days, what do buyers already think? Mm -hmm. Something's wrong with that house because no one's buying it. So that that's a really delicate uh, piece is going in there and managing the the seller relationships. Yeah, or even
0: those repetitive price drops. Yeah. Right. So again, if you price it too high, and all of a sudden you got another price drop, another price drop, another price drop, it's it's just sent, it's not sending the right message.
1: It, tell, it really tells a message. Just, just like driving down the street and you see that sign that's crooked. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with the house, right? But what's the first thing that goes through your mind? It's sure. like, oh, that's dilapidated. It's, yeah. No, it's a for sale sign. <laughs> it's not staying with the property. But, you know, teaching the agents, you know, get out there. Be proud proud of your sign. Make sure that it's right. It represents your client's home. Mm -hmm. Do you have a brochure box out there? Is it full? Those are the little tiny pieces of things that a lot of people forget to pay attention to. Mm -hmm. And it's the details that really make the difference.
0: Yeah. Yeah, good. Well, I think anybody who decides to engage with Keller Williams is going to be in for a great experience. So I hope when they're listening to this podcast that they do that or even just to, even to reach out and connect with you. Yes. You know, maybe they're interested in shifting careers and becoming an agent or maybe they just want to get a chance to know you as a member of the community a little bit better. Um, I know you're always open to having a conversation. So
1: Absolutely. Anytime.
0: Yeah, great. Well, thank you for being on today. I appreciate it. Thanks for it.
1: having me. This was fun. Yeah,
0: I feel like this could be another 30 minutes, I know, to be honest I know. with you. Yeah, you yeah, need to so, cut me off because I yeah. can't talk. We might need to do coffee or lunch sometime <laughs> that soon. That would be so. fun. Yeah, okay, good. great. All right. Thanks, everybody, for downloading this episode. This has been a Therese Brittingham from Keller Williams in Limerick. And where are the other two offices again,
1: please? Uh, Quakertown and Audubon.
0: Quakertown and Audubon. So thanks again for listening. Thank you again for downloading this episode. If you would like to stay in touch with your Chamber of Commerce, please visit our website. That's tricountyareachamber.com. You can also follow us on social media, on LinkedIn. We are on Twitter, Facebook, and now Instagram. You can also pick up the phone and call us at 610-326-2900. A live person will pick up the phone. Once again, on social media, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Also, please consider subscribing to this podcast. This podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Stitcher, and many more. So again, subscribe to this podcast and also turn on notifications where you'll be notified of new episodes. The Tri-County Area Chamber of Commerce, serving the greater Pottstown area, since 1927.